Do you like those days that, that the message is all about the women? You mean, Lord just gives you a message and it's going to be for the women. And all you guys just said, right? How many of you are excited it's all about the women this morning? None of you. Okay. Well, one, two, three. Well, we're, well it's really not about the women. It's about the men. That's all I'm going to be speaking on. But let me share with why I'm going to be speaking to the men today. How many of y'all looked and seen how many was up here worshiping with their hands raised and on their knees or whatever they were? How many men came up this morning? Throughout history, man has been man has been so quick to let the women lead. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily leadership up here. But when there's things that you need and you have uh, something on your heart and there's something driving you and, and it's making you agitated, and speaking of agitation, I'm going to share a story about myself. Uh, how many ever been doing something you get really agitated? I mean, okay, to the point of acting ignorant, you're so agitated. How many of y'all seen the Christmas trees that was out here this past week and the, for the past month? They're so pretty, weren't they? <clears throat> or this is one nine-foot one. I had the pleasure of taking down. I mentioned it was nine foot. It has four sections. It's right back here in this, in this storage room now. You be quiet. <clears throat> My wife had the decency. She took it all apart, took all the stuff off of it, put it all up. And all I had to do was get it and put it back in its box or take it back here. Well, I was going to cram it in its box, but you can't take each piece apart. So I ended up dragging thing into this room and I've got this section trying to get them together and I'm getting hot I'm getting agitated I'm getting sweaty and it will not go together and want to stay together and I'm getting really frustrated and Wanda keeps telling me these little oars you know this little voice over here going you need to do this you need to do that I said Wanda stop I need to do this you need to Wanda Wanda get out of here I'm serious get out of here and leave and let me just do this and she skipped Wanda please just get out of here and I was I was sweating and I'm going to get a confession. I kept my shirt off, laying up here. I was burning up. <laughs> and I came and just laid on the platform for a couple minutes. I said, okay, Lord, I've acted like an idiot. And uh, ran my wife off and put this thing together for me. So I went back out and worked on it a couple minutes there. Got it shaded again. But I didn't not near as long. And finally, we're together, got all the pieces done, bottom bracket and all this, and stood it up. It's amazing how we as men, now my wife went out of here, she didn't in trouble. She just thought her husband's lost his marbles. He's nuts. He's gripe, bag, you know, whatever. She's, don't tell me what you thought, but she went out here and thought all these things, and, and, I'm, the one that, and I'm the one that created that mess. We as men so often let our wives just take up the slack. So easy for us to sit back here and, and do nothing. Hollywood has a, a vivid way of painting a picture that, that we don't forget. We don't even know what's there. But as it paints in it, and it does in the form of characters, and oh, let me just read these to you. They have a, a unique way of getting a message across. What do, what do these things, these movies have in common? The Wizard of Oz, Frozen, 
Star Wars, Beauty and the Beast, and Brave. What do they have in common? The Wizard of Oz, Frozen, Star Wars, Beauty and the Beast, and Brave. There's a strong woman. And she's not only strong, but she has sense. And each of these, now, now Frozen, I know there's a good one and a bad one and a smart one and one that's kind of dingy. But in all, all in all, the basis of every one of these, there was a female that has a common sense that men sometimes do not walk and do not step into. Are you with me? They stand alone, their courage, their leadership. They're not afraid. Even when they're frightened, they use common sense and, and ability to reason and, and deal with the situation. They had a reason that a sense of woman, womanhood is the main character and, and inevitable. As we look at our society today, we only look to our women as strong leaders. So how long has it been? Now, I don't want to get into politics, but I will touch on it a little bit. We have a hundred and something new ladies into the House of Representatives. Now, how many, there's 130 women in there or something like that. I'm not saying this is not against women. This is against men. What is so messed up the reputations of men throughout history? What is so messed up the reputation about, about men not standing in the gap for what is right and, and just kind of um, whatever will be, will be, I guess you would say. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 1. For some reason, in a, as a man, we're too manly to care. How many remember the 70s? You remember the men in the 70s? Name a, an example. Starskin Hutch, right? So again, how about somebody else in the 70s, a man? Come on, Burt Reynolds, come on. We, uh, he had his shirt always unbuttoned here. He always had gold chains hanging around his neck. What was happening, there was a, a mentality because they were all about, we'll talk about Cannonball Run, they were all about a mentality of having fun and, and no, nothing to tie them down and they can do their own thing. And you see the woman who's the sensible one. Being a man today, and it's from the side effects from the years past, but we're too manly to care. We're too manly to serve. We're too manly to love. We're too manly to give. Too manly. Big and tough. We'll look at our boy and we say, oh, you're too tough, toughen up. Don't you cry. We see a girl, we tell her she falls down, she gets hurt instead of her running to us. And she, well, maybe we give her a little sympathy, but then we just scoot her on her way and say, don't cry, you're tough. And I understand there's a time to say that, but there is a time that we as men don't want the responsibility to tell somebody these things. We're, we're just too tough, we're too manly. This is who needs to listen to this message. The young whether you're a father or not. It has nothing to do with being, it's being a male. Being a male in America, being a male in our world today. The young, the old, the father, the single, the married, the engaged. We have a responsibility to be, a responsibility to be our best. 
To be the best man you can, you can think of. I'll think of someone in, in America and he was by far had some shady things, some things that happened, and, and he, was, he would say something every now and then, and, and et cetera. But, but I think of Ronald Reagan as someone who epitomized what leadership was. We don't have that, and no offense to any party or anything else, we have not had one since. There's just something about him. When he walked into a room, he was respected enough by the people that he commanded their respect. But we today as men, we've had 30, 40, 30 years of, of just whatever. Luke chapter 1 and I'm going to read something to you. Chapter 1, verse 17. He shall be go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and this obedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. But I want to focus on one thing. He was going in, in the spirit of Elijah, he's talking about John the Baptist, and he was going to ch- turn the hearts of the, ch- of the father back to the children. Now, there's something about that I think is u- unique about this scripture. Where was the hearts of the fathers at? Where had their hearts gone? What were they involved in then? You see, at this time in, in Israel, they weren't during they were under the rule of the Romans. They've been in, uh, I don't know how many hundreds of years, they've been under other people's rule. They weren't even a country anymore. They were living in, this, I guess, utter dismay. And so what happens, instead of the men grabbing hold and, and sending the gap for what is right, they begin to just do, well, whatever. And the first thing that we seem to have, let me give an example. I could ask you today, who comes from, from a family that's broken? You have a father that left when you were little, or, or you never knew your father. Most of the time, it's the father who leaves. And this time, it's no different. There was no political reason to keep them all together. And so, the men went out, and they abandoned their family, abandoned their kids. They may have been in the same household, but they abandoned them. You can be in the same household with your kids, and you've abandoned your kids. You can be in the same household with your wife and you still abandon your wife. There's an important thing about men being loyal and deeper and caring and loving and, and, and sharing the, the deepest parts of who they are with their family. Who's John the Baptist today? See this. Don't get mad at me when I say this, men. But the most uncommitted people we have in our church is the men. I'm not talking about everyone, but I'm talking about most of us. What I mean by that is this. If there's something going on, I don't have to go. And I don't say, it's not bad whether you go to church here and, and come to all your activities. I'm not saying that. It's a mentality that we have as men. It's not important to me, so I won't attend. So who's going to restore the hearts of the fathers back to their kids? You dads may be great. You do all kinds of things for your kids. 
you help them with their homework, you, you, you go places with them, you're there every night. But do you ever tell them about the goodness of the Lord? Do you ever share anything about God with them, with Jesus with them? The modern day John the Baptist in your life is the church. It is the church's responsibility to try to assemble the men, to get them together and get them focused on what they need to do, what they should do. Men, we need to arrange our family correctly. We need to get our priorities and our convictions right within our home. We need to shepherd the hearts of our kids. What does it mean to shepherd the hearts? Shepherd the hearts of the kids. Do you, do you take time to, to teach them the things that are right? And, and you take time to teach them. I know that Maisie and London quite often quote me from saying this. And I'll say, well, and that's just the way it is. And we'll get through talking about something and London will go, because that's just the way it is. They are listening to everything that we say. But do, are they getting godly principles in a relationship that you have with God in their life? Shepherd the hearts, the hearts of your kids. Downtime with the kids. Man, I'm glad the kids didn't see me in here yesterday. I'm glad none of you see me here yesterday. It was, it was, it was a pit of sin over here in this room. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I ain't going back. You forgive me, right? Oh, okay. We've got a log. <laughs> <clears throat> but listen for just a minute. When men come home from, from work and they've been out doing the thing to do, whether you work first shift, third shift, whatever it is, if you're home at night, take some time to be alone with the kids. When my kids were, were small, I remember not every night, but a whole lot of nights, we would sit and read or I would tell stories, just a whole lot of nights. And I, they'd like to hear, they may request the same story they've heard it before. And, the, and, and so when you go with the kids, Melissa and moms, leave him alone. Let him go in with your kids, with, your, with the future uprising, that they'll get a proper perspective of what a man is. I want my, I want my grandkids, I want Blakely, and I want Layla, and Sophie, and London, Amazing to get right perspective of what a man is, not a perspective of what everybody else thinks and, and just doing their own thing and they can go out and, and just be what they want to be. But I want them to get a real perspective of what a, a godly man does and how he operates and how he does things. If the man goes in there at night to put the kids to bed, let him lay there and talk to them. Now, you may have a limit, a lot, lot tighter reign than the mama would have. But you lay there with him and you talk to him. And then the mom will leave him alone and go do your own thing. Go take a bath. Go relax. Go do something different. Tell your kids a story of your childhood. Get to know them. Let them, let them tell you about you their daily. So often, none of us ever have time that we sit and listen. The moms will listen to the kids. And the moms pay attention to things about them. But the dads don't ever do it. Because we're too important or, or it's too busy or our life is too full of things. Every, every one of those people I gave money to, every one of them, none of them needed it. 
None of them needed it. But in their life, when they are old, and they sit back and they think about their re- re- retirement years, that they would like to maybe go back and visit the time when the kids are small. I can watch people talk about, and when they're older than I am even, they can sit and talk about their kids, and their eyes light up when they start talking about the way their kid ran, or how their kids used to laugh. Don't waste your leadership. Don't waste the calling that God has put upon you to lead your family. Be there available for them. Because everything that you justify, they will justify. And everything that you do, they will do. And you may get on to them for doing it. And they'll see the hypocrisy in you as a father. Restore your busy, divided heart to your family. I was reading something Neil Kennedy said, and he said, if you don't know who you are, if you don't know who you are, you will never know why you are. I may not have any other job I do in my life, but I hope, I may not know always all the things to do, but I don't know why I'm here. And I know when I'm gone that hopefully I've got I get two sons right up here that are going to serve the Lord after I'm gone. And then not only does he stop with those two, then he goes to their kids. It's important, so important how you sow your seed and what you do with your life. This is something I thought was really important. Listen, the voices of many fathers have exited the life of their children. The voices of many fathers have exited the life of their children. What that means is, is that your kids, when a kid is young and they have their dad involved and they hear him getting on to them and join him in laughter and all that, but the father exits life and he leaves them and that they, after a period of time they will forget what their father sounded like. Your voice is so important in your family. I can still, my dad's been gone for a long time. About 30 years. And I can still recall what his voice was like. I can remember those dorky things he would say. But it wasn't his voice. It was the character behind the voice that I would hear. And the same with yours. It's the character behind what you are. Now let me, I'm going to show a video at the end today. I'll just leave that for what it is. What do men do? What do men look like? And this is like what do men do this is going to be the I'm going to talk, touch on some very t- touchy subjects men are into themselves this isn't all men but one of these is going to hit you more than likely men are into profanity 
Men are into recreation. Men are into pornography. Men are into a little bit of alcohol or a lot of alcohol. You may sit and think that that's why you don't go to church. Why? That's why I don't serve the Lord because all it is about do's and don'ts. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about investing in the future of your family and about what you are. I would take to think that any of these things dominate your life. And if they do, they don't have to dominate your life. Men are into themselves. Men are into profanity. Men are into recreation. Men are into pornography. Men are into a little bit of alcohol or a lot of alcohol. But how do I get out of this mentality? Because, see, you didn't just, some of you may have happened to it, happened into that mentality, but some of you didn't. How do you get out? If I come and pray, let me tell you something about prayer is important that God can speak and minister to you. But you also have to take something that's in writing and apply it to your life. So while it's there, you apply and you begin to think differently. And I think about these things that once I never had any conviction about, now I do have conviction about because there's something truth in my life and something that's dominating me that I can relate to. I want you to go in your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. How do I get out of that mentality? Men, how do I get out? Verse 13, watch, stand fast in the faith, and quit like men. Quit you like men, and be strong. That's a little confused, and I hope I can uh, explain it a little bit in just a little bit. But, but the first thing about it is, be a, is watch. Be, able to be aware of all the elements that is coming against your leadership and things that disrupt you from being the man that God has called you to be. I guarantee you that everybody in here, if we're honest, will sit and value, we'll really look at our life. We'll find little nicks and little, little openings in our, in our armor that, that the enemy has placed there and we just do it because everybody else does. What's the big deal? But it is a big deal to some degree because all is, is a little bit of exposure makes you non-effective or can subject you to a, a big destructive episode in your life. So the first one is watchy. Be aware of everything around you. I don't say, don't say be paranoid, be fearful of things, but I have a pretty good awareness of everything that goes on in my house. You say you only have two grandkids there. Yep. But you know what? Those grandkids don't stay at our house all the time. Be aware and teach. Steadfast, steadfast in faith, consistent, someone who's known to be dependable. You may not be the best worker, and <clears throat> some people are not the best workers as far as getting things done, but they're very consistent. And being steadfast is that it's consistent. You know they're going to wake up early. You know they're going to be there on time. You know they're going to get so much done. They may not be the fastest. They may not be a production worker. They get as many pieces done as you like. But they're going to get something done. If they're consistent, they're always there. Quit you like men. What in the world does it mean, quit you like men? 
This is, a, this is a passage directly to the men. It isn't to the women, it's to the men. Quit you like men. Sounds like a contradiction, but is it? Don't flinch in a fight and stand your ground. Quit you like men. In other words, don't you quit like other men. You may, it may come something come at you and you may hit you, but you don't flinch. You stand your ground, you stand there indefinitely. I know I did a sermon several years ago. You pour concrete and you stand in it. And regardless of what happens, it may blow you over, blow you down, and break you in half. But you don't, you don't let go. You keep your stance. And men, you need to keep your stance for what is right. And the last one is be strong. Be strong. Keep yourself fit. Learn to conquer. Die or win. Be fit. Keep yourself strong. And the last thing is either if you don't win, you die. You die trying. And I trust that every man in here, you would go to your grave trying to be better instead of just giving up. got one more place to go. You're not alone. You are not alone. We're going to be in Luke again. I'm going to close with this. Well, in a couple minutes. <clears throat> you are not alone. The Bible records the disasters of man. You think about the calamities that some guys brought upon themselves. Who, 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 who had a failure in the Bible? Jonah had a failure. He was going to end up in the bottom of the fish because he wouldn't listen. Who else had a failure? Abraham. Because Abraham, when his wife was young, he, she was so gorgeous, he lied and said that he was his sister because he was afraid of what other people would do to him and try to take her from him. Who else? Saul. Whole conglomerate of things. Who else? David. His adultery. We'll get that in just a second. But all the things that David done did, he was so he was so set on doing right, but then he became a disaster as a father with Absalom. Because Absalom and him had no relationship at all, and he, and he really needed it, but he didn't, he didn't pursue it. Even when Absalom came to try to restore it, he didn't restore it. Why did God write these records? Why, why, why do you have to put the part in there about, about couldn't can we always known just of David and his greatness and, and his leadership ability and, and how he had such character that he cut Saul's garment that time and he, and he went on about it, but then he repented and he felt bad because he even cut his garment. Saul was trying to kill him. Why did it matter? It mattered to David because David's convictions were high and, and very hard. So, why did God put that in there about Bathsheba? Who else have failure? How about Elijah? After he'd seen so many miracles and had been sustained by God, and he had, the ravens brought him food, and he had water from the creek, and yet he was afraid of a woman. Luke chapter 22. Verse 61 and 62. 
Let's read 60. And Peter said, man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spoke, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he had said to him, before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Is it may, is it, do you think it's important that that was recorded? That Peter went out and wept bitterly? That he was sorry? But he did more than that. A lot of us weep and, and we get real sensitive and we get cry and go on. But there was a change that happened to Peter. Go over to Acts chapter 3. Something went on in Peter's life that, that forever changed him. And he was finally the man he should be. And not that he was perfect and not that he never had mess ups and not that he ever did stick his foot in his mouth as he always did. But there was something unique about Peter. Get the video ready. Ready. And in verse 4, chapter 3, And Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, and he gave heed to them, expecting to receive from them. And Peter, Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. What happened to Peter? Before he was denying him, he was running from opportunities to serve and, and be faithful, but, but something in his life totally changed. And the last one I'm going to share is about Noah. No one ever had a failure, did he? You see, after the flood and after everybody was wiped out and him and his family was restored and, and he had things there and, and life went on for several years. And, and this is the only thing recorded. It's, it's kind of weird the way this is recorded like this. But it said that Noah became a husbandman, which means he took care of vineyards. And we took care of vineyards, he took grapes because they that's what they often you know participated of in, in oil olive oil. But he became a husbandman and he got drunk. Someone who had abstained from so many things for all those years and he saved the saved the, the his family with the flood, but yet that he said he got drunk and he Laid around naked. I don't know what being drunk and laying around naked is, but I know one thing. You don't have right capacity. And that's what he done. He later repented. There's just a couple of verses on You can read between the lines there. But look at all of us. Men, it's not time for excuses. It's for time to step up. 